Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Praise God. So we're going to put the title of my sermon up. You asked me, why don't I put all of my points up and like the rest of them? Because I don't know how to do a computer and I'm not going to learn. And they carry these things called a thumb drive. It don't look like a thumb to me, but they put all this material on it and stick it in the top. I'm going to minister the thought tonight on life's shadows. I was thinking, Pastor John, not long ago, uh, preached a sermon, and he talked about a Sunday school teacher was faithful to God. And I was thinking about that today because our life should cast a shadow and an influence in the world we live in. How many believe that? And you know, I don't know, you can see somebody, a young person can see this player that's playing the guitar, and they'll tell you their name, what group they're in, because their life has cast a shadow. They're identified by what they're a part of, and they're identified by their talent. My life and your life cast shadows. And the thing is, and we believe this, we, we do believe the Word of God, right? The Bible said God knew us before we was in our mother's womb. And so then God had a plan for us. We're not an accident. We're, we're not just somebody trying to limp through life. Pastor preached a sermon Sunday about our theme this year, being rooted, being a part of something, and be planted, and as a result of that, helping your shadow that you're going to cast in this city as a representative of our church is going to influence people. You know, we're known in town. We cast shadows, this church does. The police tell people you need help, go to New Life Church. You know why they tell them that? Because we, we've been known for that. We've helped people, gave them food, helped them get medical things, because our church casts a shadow that we're bigger than just being a church. We're here to meet the needs of people. She likes my sermon. She's already came to the altar. I seen her dancing up here. I thought, wow, it might catch on and a bunch of them come up dance with her during the song service. And so our life does matter. You cannot live a life and go through life without influencing people and influencing society. And then when John was preaching this sermon, Pastor John, he talked about a Sunday school teacher or a shoe salesman that made a difference. How many of you know your shoe salesman by name? I'm not talking about Amazon. I'm talking about a shoe salesman. And here's a man that maybe he wished he could fly an airplane, or maybe he wished he could, hi. She's smiling at me, I like her. And so, as a result, maybe he thought, well, if I could just do this, I like what somebody else does. Have you ever seen somebody and you wish you had their talent? Or you wish you had their abilities? Or you wish that you had their house? 
or the car they're driving. And so you, they have an influence on you. That's what society is. How many know what style is? I want to give you a definition of style. It's somebody that's out of their mind, makes something for a person that's out of their mind that'll buy it. Because when I was raised, if you had holes in your pants, they patched them. Now you buy them a $50 or $60 per G, and they split them open. And you know why kids do that? Because someone at school probably wore an old pair of pants with holes in it, and somebody started to make fun of them, and they said, this is style. So every kid went out and got a pair of holy pants. Isn't that true? Because of influence. How many's ever looked up here on the platform and seen either Jason playing singer or one of the singers or drummer say, I wish I had that ability. How many's ever done that? I bought a guitar one time. I was going to sing. Me and Joni were singing, you know, and I bought this guitar, really good. And this guy gave me a demonstration and told me it'd be real easy to cart it. And I took it home and I tried to tune it and got mad and went and got my money back. And then my son wanted a guitar, and so I bought him a cheap guitar. I think it was $10 at a yard sale. And it was, I hated I did it because he would not quit playing it. And it was horrible. But now, he's a great musician. I wish I had his ability to play the guitar, but maybe that's not the shadow God wants my life to cast. I wonder how many times that shoe salesman smelled somebody's stinking feet and maybe had a thought, you know what? Why do I have to smell feet? But see, he has no idea at this time of his life the shadow he's going to cast on the influence of a whole world. Because through him and through him witnessing, to a man, and that man becomes a preacher, and down through the line, Billy Graham comes on the scene. Now, maybe Billy Graham, what if he decided, well, I want to be a shoe salesman? Well, he could have been successful. Billy Graham could have done about anything and be successful. But God had his life to cast a shadow. This shadow would influence nations and lives. And pulpits have preachers in them and churches have people in them. Because of Billy Graham's ministry, they're serving God. But it's all a result of the shadow a shoe salesman cast. And so as I bring this in tonight, I want to encourage you that God has a shadow that can be cast from your life and my life that can affect eternity. Now, there's lots of churches in town, isn't there? And if you don't like us, you can go somewhere else. But see, that's not, it's not about what, it's about being where God wants you and, and being faithful there and let your life cast a shadow that's going to affect eternity. Do you know the person in your chair is going to affect eternity? And my life's going to affect eternity. 
And we use that scripture. We, God, we didn't choose God. He chose us and knew about us and wanted us. And we have a place in the kingdom that nobody else can fulfill. People like Oral Roberts, for instance. He never dreamed how his life could affect the world. And God called him to preach and begin to pray for miracles and had great miracles. And all of a sudden, Oral Roberts said God spoke to him to build a university. And people said, you're missing God. You need to be praying for miracles. And he said, well, God wants me to raise up young people and doctors and preachers and lawyers and people that works in all professions to affect the kingdom of God in the world we live in. So he helped them to find their place as God would speak to them. And they were launched around the world, missionaries, doctors, teachers, and people in society that are casting a shadow because old Roberts did what God wanted him to do at that moment. And no, old Roberts is in heaven tonight. He's gone. He's not in this world, but his life still casts a shadow. Everywhere they are doctoring, the people that got become doctors or preachers or lawyers, whatever they become, everybody they affect for the kingdom of God is because old Roberts cast a shadow. And what's important is what kind of shadow you and I cast. Isn't that true? Oh, you know, you, you can't hardly watch the news or read a newspaper. Because so many people cast such negative shadows. They kill people, they rob people, they do all kinds of things. And it wasn't God's will for them to do that. It wasn't God's will for their lives to be a total wreck. He wanted to bless them and save them. And they had a part in destiny because he wanted them on the earth. But somewhere, the devil ripped them off and talked them in to missing what God could help them in their life, the shadow they could cast. I had a friend that gave their life to Christ the same time I did in the Methodist church. He had a good life. He had stuff I didn't have. His dad had a really good job, made big money. He had anything he wanted. His dad took him to the world uh, Boy Scout jamborees. I went with the pastor I was saved in the revivals. He went. We had opportunities. We grew up with the same background almost exactly except in the financial realm. But I want to tell you, you know what's sad about him? He decided to steal a check from our local sporting goods store, and he rips off some money. They put him in prison. He came back. And you know what he did? Wrote another bad check and ended up in prison. I'm 77 years old. He's 76. He's been in prison. He went when he was 18 to prison, 58 years ago, and he's only been out of prison three years and 58 years because somehow 
He wanted to preach. He felt, he, he said, I feel called. But he, he got, let the devil rip him off of a shadow he could have had. And as you think of that, you say, well, it doesn't matter. It's just his mess. Oh, it does matter. What about the people he could have influenced? What about the nations he could have preached in? Because he said, I'm called. And I believed he was called. He was a better speaker than I was. And yet, he did not cherish the destiny that God had given him. And now his shadow is in the negative. The Bible talks about God's ways are not always our, I mean, God's ways, sometimes we don't make it our ways. But there's a way God has for you and me tonight. Thinking about the church today as I was uh, thinking about what I was going to preach. Last night, I took somebody to the emergency room. I was there five hours. I'm watching people come in and come out. I, I'm seeing people's lives that seem so hopeless, and yet I'm thinking about the church of Jesus Christ is the answer. They go for the physical, but a lot of times the physical is a result of the spiritual. And you and I have an unlimited opportunity <coughs> to cast a shadow that lives will be changed and God's will will be accomplished through our lives. Nothing's more powerful. The Bible said if one can put a thousand flight, two can put ten thousand. Nothing's more powerful than a group of believers who are partnering together with the same vision and each of them are casting a shadow in the direction that only they can cast. Oh, you might not cast a positive shadow, or I might not, but nobody can cast the shadow you and I can cast in our lives. You know, in Kingman, you're the only Bible some people will read as they watch you and me. They watch us. They know we go to church. And it's very important that we cast a shadow for Jesus Christ in a way that's going to change people. We were talking about miracles and how if miracles begin to happen outside the church, how people would want to come. I believe that, don't you? And so God helps us, and this begins to happen in that way. Then that shadow will be cast that if you want healed, before you worry about anything, go let them pray for you. Shadow. <coughs> the guy I was saved under, John Murphy was a Methodist preacher from Weedowie, Alabama. How many's never heard of Weedowie, Alabama? Never heard of it. All the rest of you, you've been there? I think, it's, I think it's a town of 80 people. I took a bunch of seniors to a, an oldies concert, and I'm sitting next to a man. I'm telling him I'm a preacher, and I'm telling him about the pastor I got saved under, and he was from Weedowie, Alabama, and he looked at me and said, I'm the mayor of that place. I'm thinking, what on earth is the mayor of Weedowie, Alabama, 
doing it at a concert way up here. So I'd tell him about it, and he'd say, oh, yeah, Pastor Murphy, his dad was a preacher. His grandpa was a preacher. They're well known. And I told him if he hadn't came to our church and preached to how I could be born again, I might not even be a Christian. So it wasn't just his preaching, but he cast a shadow on me that I have not been able to get away from. I call him and I say to him, Pastor Murphy, all that I've become is because of Jesus and you cared for me as I was a teenager and you gave me hope. He said, oh, you preach more places in the world. You've seen miracles. You plant churches. I said, yeah, but I wouldn't have if you hadn't have been an influence in my life. Every time Billy Graham preached in heaven, every time somebody got saved, another was marked up to that shoe salesman. And when he got to heaven, he might have not been able to say, I preached multitudes, <coughs> more than a million people, and by satellites, multitudes of people. But I believe when he stood before God, God said, come on in, Edward. Well done. That was my will for you to witness and to share. And through your witness and through other people being saved and other people, the world's most famous evangelist will be touch multitudes of people because you were willing to be who I wanted you to be and cast a shadow. Now, if Billy Graham become a Sunday school teacher and didn't become an evangelist, he could have been effective, but would he have cast the shadow he should have cast? Edward Kimball taught Sunday school, sold shoes, all that thing. But he cast a shadow that's made eternal impact upon the world. And I was saying today as I was thinking about this sermon about God's ways and our ways and sometimes we're not going God's ways or we want it our way, how important it is if God's put us here for a purpose, each of us, and has a plan for each of us. And whether, you, like Brother Roy, he worked on the railroad and somebody else did this and Somebody else does that, and somebody else builds houses, but life's bigger than that because your influence, the shadow you cast, can change eternity. That's why in the Bible it said if one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000. God's saying something to us. He's saying when you're partnered together, there's a dimension that takes place. And you can go out and do your own thing, and I can do my own thing. But unless I'm locked in, in, in believing for the multiplication, I'll never see what I could have seen. When Billy Graham formed his team, I heard an interview. On Sunday nights, after I got saved, we gathered around a radio. Do you all know what a radio is? I mean, those big radios. I'm not talking about that thing you got in your car. I'm talking about it was a big old radio, and every once in a while I'd go, you know, noise would come out of it. 
And I heard him say one time, I felt called to preach and nobody knew me. But I heard this guy on the radio singing songs and his name was George Beverly Shea. And so I contacted him and said, I'm an evangelist, would you like to help me form a team so we can do something? <clears throat> and then they found another guy named Cliff Barrels. And they asked him, would you like to be a part of the team? And he became a part of the team. Cliff Barrels used to direct the big choirs of Billy Graham Crusades and the auditoriums and outside in the big arenas. George Beverly Shea, you know him for how great thou art, used to be the song singer that would sing before Billy preached and Billy preached. And they asked Billy Graham this question. I bet you all had a lot of disagreements, didn't you? And he looked at him and they said, did you all ever have problems? He said, not really. They said, you telling me you guys have been together for over 50 years and you've never had a fight? He said, never had a fight. Y'all don't argue with each other? We don't argue with each other. He said, we had an agreement. I could not lead a choir, neither could Beverly Shea, so we decided to let him lead the choir. And neither one of us could have a solo like George Beverly Shea, and so we're going to let him be the soloist. And he said, none of them wanted to preach like I felt called to preach. So he said, every one of us did what God called us to do. And as a result of it, this team has been effective for half of a century. And he, they said, well, Billy Graham, you're not around the world. He said, I would be nothing without George Beverly Shea, and I would be nothing without Cliff Barrels. But we partnered together. And we stood on that scripture. I remember him talking about if one could put a thousand, two could put ten thousand. And he said, the moment we decided we're going to stick together and we're going to do this thing together and we're not going to go here and there, we're going to cast the shadow God's given us ability to cast. Only eternity will be able to reveal the people that's in heaven because three men link their lives together, and cast a shadow. Each cast the shadow their life could do. Because God had a plan for Billy to preach, and George to sing, and Cliff to lead the choir. It was God's plan. And when each one of them was willing to do what God wanted them to do and partner together, hell couldn't stop them. As we sit here with each other week after week, Service after service, we see some take the offering, some sing, some greet. One of the only complaints I ever heard about the visitors is, man, time I got in the sanctuary, my arm was worn out. Everybody's shaking my hand and hugging on me. But they liked it. And so they had an influence. Then other people come and say, man, the music was wonderful. And they had an influence. The greeters didn't have that influence. They had their own. Pastors are preaching. They like that. That's because the pastors didn't try to be the music. And sometimes they greeted, but they fulfilled what God called them to do. And as a result of it, they cast a shadow. You know why our church is known today? It's, it's not because of one person or two or ten. 
It's because the people that's been a part of this church and it's part today, they function. Some of them don't, you don't even know what they do. And I, some, somebody told me they did something. I didn't even know they did it. And I'm here every day. But people are willing to be who God called them to be and do what God's called them to do. And as a result of it, our church is known. I said, we're known. They can walk up to somebody in a Walmart and say, I need food. You know, they say, yeah, that praise chapel gives boxes of food away. Or somebody says, you know, I can't see and very well. And, and I, well, I think they help people that need glasses and some older folks that need medicine. The word's out, praise chapel will help you. And even the courts know this. The courts know this. Listen to me. They know this for sure, that they can send people here and send them, and they come here, and their lives are changed because something about the program we have changes lives. I've got letters in my file of men and women who came here and didn't want to be here. They sit across from me when I was enrolling them and say, I'm only here because I have to be. I don't like it. I don't want to be here. And I said, well, too bad. Pay up and come. But somewhere in the program, God touched them. And I've noticed the guy that hated his wife and the wife hated her husband, they're bringing them. And before it's over with, they both get saved. Their kids are been taken away from them. They're divorced. And they're asking us, can somebody marry us? We're in love again. And they got their kids back. And I ain't going to give names, but do you know you all see them here? And you don't even know what they were before. But we cast a shadow that changed them. And I'll tell you, before they got saved, you'd have to hold your billfold. And now they're honest. And they wouldn't do anything. And they don't steal anymore. They, they treat their kids right. All because this church has cast a shadow that not only we have a program for you, if you have to take it, even if you don't want it, it's changed their lives. I am glad that Billy Graham got saved. I'm glad for the people who witnessed and got that first one saved. And the next preacher got saved, and he began to preach. And the next one got saved. And then finally, the preacher preaches to this man called Billy Graham. He, he grew up a farm boy in North Carolina. That's when sometimes you have to take your shoes off because there's stuff on them all the time. And when this man witnessed and prayed with this guy, anybody could have done it, but that was what God was going to use him to do. And through that witness, multitudes of When you get to heaven, folks, there's going to be a choir like we've never heard. It's going to be full of people that's there because a shoe salesman took time to witness. And pastors took time to preach. And a man named Billy Graham 
said yes to God and Cliff Barrels, yes to God. They said yes and formed a team. Listen, nothing's more powerful than a team. Are you listening? You guys are into football. If one person on the line doesn't do his job, they lose. If you become a Super Bowl champion, it's because a team did it. You can have the best quarterback in the world, but if they keep opening the holes and they smearing you, you ain't going to win. I know it's not correct English, but you ain't going to win. It's the team that matters. You know what our problem is today? Men can be bought off. Used to have legacies. There's teams like the old Boston Celtics. Our Chicago Bulls, or even the L.A. team, that they sign people, and especially in baseball, teams like Yankees, dynasties. But now they'll leave that team for their own thing. They're going to make money they're not going to spend anyway. They're millionaires, but they can be... They'll leave a team. They call them free agents. Free agents, all they can do is unlink themselves from destiny and try to link themselves and get into a place where they're not going to have the destiny because it's not the same. When the Yankees used to go to the World Series and I was not a Yankee fan, they won. Back when the Dodgers were in Brooklyn, I was for them. And I used to get mad when Mickey Mantle would get up and knock the ball out of the park two or three times every game and beat my Dodgers. But it's not that way anymore. It's all about me. All about me. Oh, we produce superstars, but we don't always produce Winning teams. And in the church, folks, listen to me. Nothing's more great than you can do than be a team member. And for me to be a team member. We got talent, and maybe somebody else could make us more spectacular with our talent, but that's not what it's about, folks. It's about the Scripture says if one can chase a 1,000 to 10,000. And if we want to shake Kingman, we got to be the team. We got to be rooted and rooted together. I said rooted together. We had a bunch of flyers this year. And there was one, wasn't it a petunia, Joni? It was a petunia. And all the petunias died, this one petunia lived. And Joni was going to throw, said, Well, we got to get more. I said, No, we're not going to kill that. He wants to live. I think he was a he. Could have been a she, but it wanted to live. And so here's we got this pot this big and one petunia. And it wouldn't die. The freeze came, dies people dying everywhere, it lived. So we quit watering it and it kept living. Just the other day I noticed it died. But it wanted to live. Now, it lived by itself, 
that one petunia. We had other pots where there's lots of petunias. And it was a beautiful thing because the colors, a bunch of there, and this one little petunia. You know, you can be one little petunia and so can I. But for our lives to become beautiful and make an impact. See, people, people are impacted by things like that. When you go to a, buy a plant, you don't say, give me the one little petunia by itself. No, you want a pot that's got all these petunias. Isn't that true? You might give your wife one rose. She wants a dozen. Unless you do like me and I asked her if I could do it. She said I couldn't. But I could just buy one rose because she's that one special person in my life. Twelve-year-olds don't speak to So I, I, I have a song I sing to her, and I can't sing it tonight, but it's, it goes like this. My heart skips a beat when Joni walks down the street. I get so happy I could die. I'm not going to do it, Joni. But Alex did it, so I can do it. No, he didn't sing to Joni. He sang to his little petunia over there, Cindy. But with all the laugh and all the fun, I just want us to stop together and think about our lives tonight. Nobody can be you but you. Nobody can fill your spot but you. If you're taken out of the picture, get 10 people in your place, but they can't be you. And God has a place for you. You're very important to God. When he looks down at this church, he's not impressed with buildings. Because he walks, his people walk on streets of gold. He's not impressed with beautiful lights because his son lights the city. And the walls have precious jewels that's priceless. But you know what he does have that impresses him? It's people that he had a plan for and gave him a destiny. Now, you might work at the hospital. You might work for the county. You might work fixing hamburgers. You might work a job where it seems very unthankful. But if, if you're fulfilling what God wants you to do, and you're being a Christian there, you've got an influence that nobody else could have ever had. And then when we come together, Rooted. What's, what's rooted mean? Well, exposed roots brings death. But when they're rooted down in good soil, it brings life. And life flows through the root. And so this church can only be as big and effective as that we can be if each of us are who God wants us to be. And root together. Root together. I tell you, when we had flowers, I was getting sick of roots because my wife was getting dirt all the time and all these roots are hanging and we're trying not to rip them apart because they need the root. You know what I'm saying? But once we got the ugly roots where we couldn't see them anymore, not that you're an ugly root. That's not what I'm saying. Don't take this wrong. 
but we had beautiful results. I know you want to be who God wants you to be, right? And you want maybe to fulfill what God wants you to fulfill, right? It might not be your dream of being on the worship team because maybe that's not why God has you here. Or it might not be to preach or even teach. It might be to work in the nursery. It might be to work in children's church, youth, or maybe just be a Christian on the job that's an influence that takes time to share the love of God with people, needy people, that doesn't enter a church door nor will not enter a church door. But you'll be like the shoe salesman that'll share the love of Christ. You'll be able to win them to Jesus and everything their life becomes, you'll have a part of. Nothing's more powerful than people who says yes to God for his destiny for their life and partners with each other that not will not touch the kingdom, only it'll touch the world. We have churches around the world because people partner together. When Iraq was impossible, you folks responded. To big money we invested in Iraq. A thousand a month for for years. But as as missiles are flying here and Missiles are flying there, and what's going to happen over there? There's the gospel being preached. Muslim people are being saved. Sinners are being saved. And Iraq's being evangelized by God's people because people just like you in this church partner together and what none of us could have done by ourselves it's being done tonight. And can I share something with you? When you get to heaven, there's going to be people there because of that. Nobody can be me, and they probably don't want to be, and nobody can be you. But God wants you to be you, and God wants me to be me, and he wants us to be together and partner together to make a difference in this world. Are you glad for that? Could we stand together? And don't, don't walk out yet because we're going to pray. Give me just one more minute. America had a saying during the war times with a man saying, Uncle Sam wants you. You know God wants you, and God wants me, and God wants us. We're not an accident. We've been planned. You think you moved here. You think it's cheaper to live here. You think you got a job here. You know God knew you was going to be here before you did. He knew what seat you're going to sit in. And he's even trying to help people not sit in your seat so you don't get upset. You know why? Because this church cannot be what it needs to be without you. Nobody can be you. Nobody can have the influence you got. And this church cannot be what it needs to be unless all of us function to where God wants us, whether it is music, whether it is teaching, whether it's shaking hands at the door, whether it's financial support, whatever your, 
fit in. Just be that best person you can be, and you're going to be rewarded in heaven just as much as Billy Graham's award in heaven because God's called you and he called me to be who we are. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to pray with me. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you wanted me. Before I was, you had a plan for my life. You know all about me. You know about my insecurities and even my desires. But I ask you now to help me to be who I can be, to who you want me to be. And Lord, help me to link my lives with others here tonight that we can become a dimension that we can never be alone. Help me be rooted in your will for my life. In Jesus' name. I want to close with this. We started in ministry. I was traveling in my car with my boy uh, doing revivals. And sometimes we had nowhere to stay but our car. And so one time somebody invited me. I've told this before. They felt bad we were in our car and our little boy, so they wanted us to come in to their house in the bedroom. My boy cried all night. He wanted to go back to his bed in the car. When I did evangelists, I thought, well, I'd like to be a pastor, not to travel anymore. And then when I become a pastor and had to help people with all the problems, I thought, I want to be an evangelist where I can just preach and leave town. <laughs> so then I thought, I'll be a missionary. But I did have a burden to be a missionary, but I thought, well, you go over there and people will like you better. Because over there, if you're a, a preacher, they, don't, they really do respect you. We ran over a thousand people at a small service, and, and Joni and I would stand at the gate of this land where our tent was, and nobody would go home unless we shook their hand. They would line up, and we had to shake every hand. In America, you line up, and they went out the side door. But then when we're there, we felt God wanted to bring us home, and now we're home. When we were home, we wanted to be there, and we were there the times we wanted to be home. And sometimes it's just hard to be happy where God's got you. Now, am I the only one that feels that way sometimes? Or maybe I want God to have the same idea I've got, and I want God to do it my way. But, but listen to me, and I close with this. You want to be powerful? You want your life to count? You want to shake the world? Link your lives. Root your life with one another. And this church will become so powerful, nations will be shook. There's power if we're rooted. Can you say amen? So I trust you'll consider this message and I'll trust that you'll really get this truth that if you're going to do something great for God and you're already doing it, how much greater you can do if we are rooted and linked together for Jesus. God bless you as you go. Tell somebody, I want to link with you, friend. I want life to become something great for God.
Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.